Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays playoff bound as they appear to be coming off a weird series against the despicable, disgusting Philadelphia Phillies with a series looking ahead against the Tampa Bay Rays. As you may have seen on Twitter, Caitlin McGrath had to step away for a little bit, some family stuff, and then she's got COVID, but she'll be back next week, and we are so glad to have Caitlin back, so glad that she's well and able to get back at it. And we record this show twice a week. We talk about the Toronto Blue Jays here for The Athletic, and I do it once with Caitlin, who covers the team for The for the Athletic, and I do it once a week with former Blue Jays All-Star starter, Ricky Romero, who joins me here from beautiful downtown, the beach. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Ready to roll. How's the beach? Awesome. I don't know if you can yeah. see that nice and sunny behind me right now it's probably you probably have a glare but you can't complain out here in uh hermosa beach man and the heat's gone away so it's just back to like pure beach beach vibes all day yeah it's starting to i guess cool down i'm sure for you guys it'd be like summer you guys would be shirtless around here but (laughs) it's a little (laughs) it's cooling down a little bit which is good and uh just enjoying these last couple weeks of regular season baseball and ready to get the postseason going. These are like the days that I feel like as a fan, I mean, I'm sure, and, and as a player, you're just like, just wind down already, just wind down already, because obviously the playoffs are a different beast, but I never got a taste of it. But as a fan, you're just like, just end these two weeks already, because I playoff baseball, is, as we know, is on a different level of intensity and just, it's so much fun, so... I really can't wait, man. I think that in a lot of ways, the, the, the expanded wildcard format is working against that kind of tension right now. Because if there was one wildcard spot to give away, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Rays would be going at it tooth and nail. This series coming up in Tampa Bay would be enormous, as big as it gets. But realistically, the Blue Jays and the Rays are already home and cooled. They, it's just a matter of jockeying for position. And, and, and with Seattle having a bit of an easier schedule, as they do, that would be a huge thing. But right now, it's just kind of, well, how far back is Baltimore? You know, they they got a lot of pretty big hill to climb. So in some ways, it's kind of sapped some of that tension. Although it does mean that a team like Seattle that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2001 can start to kind of get make those plans. But I don't know. Do you think it's better or do you think it's worse? Do you think it's better to have more teams involved in the playoffs? Or do you think that you would trade it for um, a bit more of, of like pennant race to intensity coming down these last couple of weeks? No, you know what? I actually don't mind it at all, man. I don't mind at all what's going on right now. And I mean, if the Orioles would have won a few more games, then we, we, we would be sitting on pins and needles. <laughs> <laughs> right now but i mean there's other divisions where it's still uh i think it's going to come down to the end or other postseason implications i mean obviously the milwaukee brewers on the national league side are still kind of on the outside looking in but they're not too far out and obviously the san diego padres haven't played well so i actually don't mind the the extra team i i get what you're saying obviously in the years past when before the extra teams got added to the wild card it always seemed like it came down to number 100 uh, to game 162, and we were sitting there not knowing what where teams were going. And it looks right now, like you said, they're they're fighting for position, and I think that's just as important as as anything else. I mean, I get it. People are saying, oh, we we rather play this team, we rather play that team, but I don't think any team's going to be easy out of all those four teams right now. With it's Cleveland, obviously Seattle and Tampa. I mean, it, it, it's it's almost one of those things where I I think whoever ends up playing in the postseason against each other, it's going to be great baseball all around. 
there's no bad teams in the playoffs. I think you're right. Uh, you know, we, one, one point I was just thinking about is, is looking at the divisions. Uh, there's only one division that's within five games between the first and second, and that is the, the NL East, where the Phillies, the Blue Jays, played uh, this week in those couple game series, not even in that race. That's the Mets and Atlanta, of course, Atlanta, the defending World Series champions. But there's no bad teams. And, and I've seen that, people. I've seen people saying, like, oh, should the Blue Jays try to position themselves in this way? Should they look maybe to face Cleveland and, and, and take their chances? Or do you want to try to play, go as hard as you can and try to play three games at home against, you know, either Seattle or Tampa Bay? I think you just got to try to win as many games as you can. I think you want to try to have an eye, you know, personally, me personally, you want to have an eye to lining up your rotation or at least getting guys as much rest as they need and want. Keeping, you know, trying to find that balance between keeping it regular, like keep, keep your routine, keep your rest, be, the, be who, do exactly what you need. Can I get you a couple innings of rest? Can I, can we start you on shorter? Can we have a shorter leash or whatever? There's no good answer. Like I get people think that, that Cleveland, you know, Cleveland doesn't have a good record. But in a short series, you want to go up against, you know, Shane Bieber. You want to go up against the, you know, that, that Cleveland bullpen. I mean, we, the Blue Jays, Blue Jays fans, I think, we saw Cleveland at their best when they came to Cleveland and they, or they came to Toronto and they beat the Jays two of three. Their offense has been terrible for the last month because it's just really like punch and Judy, swing, put the ball in play, which is all well and good when it works. And when you got guys to move over, get them over, get them in. You know, but when you can't get them on, none of that matters, right? And when you're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, which is what they did in Toronto, that makes it look a little bit more a little bit more intimidating. But I wouldn't I'm not signing up to face Cleveland. I'm not signing up to go and play games there in that weather as well. You never know what the weather's gonna be like in Cleveland. Even maybe there's midges. Like the famous game against the Yankees, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to pick. I, I. I don't think there's any. There's no good answer. You know, Seattle is cooled down. I think that. It, I don't think it's unfair to say Seattle's played their best baseball of the year already. And I think you can look at the Rays and be like, you know, the, the Blue Jays fans. We have. We got a lot of baggage about the Rays, right? We see the Rays in a, as a certain way. Call me crazy. Here's my hot take for the week: The Blue Jays are better than the Rays in 2022. They're a better team. That doesn't mean 100%. they're going to win. They don't, may not necessarily finish ahead of them. They might not win this series. They may not win a playoff series. I think the Blue Jays, the 2022 Blue Jays, are a better team than Tampa Bay. That, mean, that doesn't mean I'm signing up to face them. It'd be fun if they beat them, exercise those demons. But there's no good answer. They're, all t- they're tough teams. They're all good teams. They've already, they're, 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 gonna, they're playoff caliber teams. And you're going to have to beat a good team if you want to win the World Series, which is what the Blue Jays want to do. Exactly. That's the truth right there. And the one thing that these teams have is they have good, good pitching and we've seen it when when there's good pitching it can dominate an offense i don't care how good your offense is and a lot of these uh t- or the the those three teams that you mentioned uh cleveland seattle and tampa all have good bullpens too regardless of the matchup regardless of where they end up it's going to be a tough series and it's going to be one of those things we're, we're going to be in for close games for for good baseball and to me with the Toronto Blue Jays and whoever they face, it's going to be, as it is every playoff series, it's who can make the least amount of mistakes and who can pitch better. And if, if, you, do, if you get those two, I think you, you're going to be on top. And we, we, doesn't it seem, Drew, that sometimes in, in playoff series, when we're watching it, it's like somebody messed up a bunt play or somebody threw, overthrew a guy. And it's like the little things. And everyone's always quick to say like, man, this is the stuff you practice in spring training. And it, it always just seems to haunt you in the playoffs when, when teams can make the fundamental plays. And it'll be interesting, again, how, how it all shapes up. Obviously, we know what the Toronto crowd can bring to a playoff series, how electric that place can be. 
And I'm sure the, the guys in that clubhouse have seen how packed that stadium can be. But I don't think they know how crazy and explosive it can be in that ballpark if you're on top, if you're winning, if you're you know doing good things for in a playoff series. It's on another level. There's a couple of things I was thinking. Number one, um, there's that that tension in playoff baseball that is just not there in the regular season. And you know you can play big regular season games, and and that game you know Wednesday night against the Phillies is an example when suddenly you're in the get to the seventh eighth inning and there's tension. Right, this is a big game. You like to win. You know, you're facing a good team. You, this is an opportunity to win a game to put yourself in an even better position. But it's not the same as a playoff game where it's like when you're if you're watching at home and your team scores early, it's the fourth inning and you start like counting outs. Like how many more? How many more they got to get? Okay, well maybe one more from this guy and then we can go to him and then him and then him and then him and then, him and then, we, and then we pack it up and we go home. And every play looms large, as you said. And, and there's always that thing, like uh, every home run feels enormous because every run that goes on the board, you know there's the team that is, is on the other side of the field has got good pitchers that they can go to. They've got, they've got a plan. All bets are off. You see weird, wild stuff, especially recently, right, where, where starters are in the bullpen and, and guys that, that pop up in spots they wouldn't ordinar- ordinarily pop up. Is everybody just sort of like puts everything else aside it's just like look we got to win this game we got to get these 27 outs today and we're going to try to get 27 outs tomorrow and it doesn't matter how we're going to do it we're just going to do it it's really really different and and the crowd thing in in toronto is huge um one thing we we we've talked briefly about a little bit before there's potential uh i'm not sure if it has actually come down yet but that canadian uh, border services is going to eliminate the arrive can and eliminate the, the vaccine requirement to come in if you're a non-american you would still have to have that vaccine to come back in so while that might be something you know which is sort of something that's been lost in all of this that sure a guy like Robbie Ray or JT Realmuto and and who, who who wasn't vaccinated when the Phillies came to Toronto but any of his teammates who weren't born in the United States they've had to be vaccinated you know all along just to come and play for the Phillies but it doesn't get talked about quite as much but that could change things a little bit but the other thing is what we experienced in 2015 and 2016 and and the noise and the craziness in the building in the Rogers Center in in, in Toronto after so long without playoff baseball there's a potential that same thing could happen in Seattle, right? Where that that's a hungry fan base, right? They haven't had a playoff game since 2001. And that's 21 years of that of that same, you know, building frustration and, and anxiety and just building up and, and ready to, to go. I mean, again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a mark for or against those teams, but that atmosphere does not exist in Tampa Bay. Unless they play the Blue Jays in, in Seattle, man. I'd be really interested what happens there. I, I, I know we talked about it last week, but I would really be interested what happens there and if it becomes a 50-50 type thing or something like that. Listen, if you live in, the, if you live in Vancouver and you're rich, you, gotta, you have a responsibility if this comes to, if this comes to, uh, comes to pass. But that atmosphere is, that, is not going to be present in Tampa Bay. They got a better crowd in the playoffs. But A, they're in the playoffs all the time. B, they're the Rays. Nobody cares. And Cleveland, that is not a not the most motivated fan base. They've been beat down by a very, very uh, spendthrift front office. So atmosphere-wise, maybe Seattle's a place you want to avoid if, if you're the Blue Jays. But it all comes down to just, it just takes on a different atmosphere. Everything about it is different in the playoffs. And, and it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I really hope that the Blue Jays are able to... Uh, I mean, again, I, I guess that comes back to the question, what do you think? What would you rather do if, you, if you're the manager, you're your good friend John Schneider? How are you going to think about this between now and the end of the year? Is it we got to control our own destiny, win every game we can? Is it we got to line up Alec Manoa and Kevin Gossman for a playoff series? What are your priorities when you're looking ahead to the next couple of weeks? 
I think both. I think, one, you want to end the season on a high note. You want to be clicking on all cylinders so that when the playoffs come, you're you're ready to roll. You don't want to just let off the gas pedal and just be like, okay, we're going to kind of Cadillac it into the playoffs. No, man. Like, you still want to win as many games as you can with the same thought of, okay, how am I going to set up the rotation going forward? And how am I going to line up my guys so that they're ready for that first series. So that's where I am with it. I think it's a little bit of both Drew. I think uh, John Schneider's probably already thinking of that. I'm sure in baseball, you never want to get too ahead of yourself. You don't, you don't want to start celebrating too early because uh, as we know, this game can humble you at times, but you also have to start, you know, thinking about the future and how it's going to go. And, 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 and you don't want to be caught off guard. You, you want to have a plan. You want to have a plan going forward. And, I guess that the biggest question for me, if I was John Schneider, is who are my top three guys? I, I know who I would choose, and I'm sure I'm I'm <laughs> I'm uh, probably in the small minority. And I know Stripling has had an unbelievable year, and he's been the unsung hero of this rotation. But to me, it's obviously Manoa, Gosman, and Barrios, and have Stripling ready for Game Four if if you need to go there. But those are my top three guys. I think Barrios the last month has earned it. And obviously, Stripling, again, not not taking away anything from him and what he's done. But I think you paid Berrios the big bucks for games like this. And this is like his time to go out there and, and, and prove that, hey, you got me for this reason and I'm going to deliver for you. I know you don't want to get into the, oh, he's making more money, so he's got to start. No, I'm not saying that. But I think he, over the last, you know, I feel like the second half has been a lot better for him, minus a few bad starts that kind of skew his numbers but he's been pretty solid he's given the team some quality starts some quality innings and to me if you're able to do that in the playoffs then your, your chances of winning go way up and again you you have stripling waiting in the wings or you have stripling waiting in the wings if burials kind of fails you know in a game three situation or something like that and he can be your long reliever but I think that's the biggest question that I'm sure John Schneider is probably replaying with Pete Walker. How do we approach this? How do we go about this? Because, again, Stripling has earned that right to get a playoff start. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it'll be interesting how they go moving forward. But if on the outside looking in, I think I would. Yeah, obviously, it would be Manoa, Gosman, Berrios, Stripling game four. And then game five is just like a toss up. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it, it becomes more complicated it because you can't look too far ahead. But you need to keep Ross Stripling ready to go because the way the playoffs shake up this year, I just saw uh, Josh Housem tweet about this, that in the ALCS, there are no days off between games three and game seven. So you're going to need everybody. You might even need a fifth starter, depending on how things go in there. So like that's huge. So you want to make sure that you've got Ross Stripling, you know, keeping him sharp, keep it getting him work, getting him bulk work. You know, uh, you know, there's no doubt if if Jose Barrios gets uh, starts game three of uh, of any series that Stripling is going to be throwing multiple innings in any of those starts. I think that given what we've seen with Barrios and given the fact that it's the playoffs, I very much agree with you. And I and I I've been saying this and I feel this way outside of the fact that Ross Stripling had a, was was shaky in his last time out. That doesn't matter to me, but. 
with Barrios in particular, the warning signs are always there. You can see them plain as day. If, if he just doesn't <laughs> have his fastball command early on, it's not a secret. You know, in the regular season, you can rely on him to go and gut it out and, and throw more innings maybe than you, than, than you would let him do in the playoffs. So if it's a game three start and Barrios' fastball is, is just missing in the middle or missing wildly, then maybe I get stripling up and it's like, you, we need you for some bulk today. And then, then you're ready to go and you can kind of build in behind him. But I think that if the Blue Jays want to win the World Series, again, you can only go one series at a time. You can't say, well, we got to have Stripling ready to go in game six of the ALCS if we get there. I'm putting Barrios ahead. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy for that. But I think that he's got that swing and miss stuff. He's got that track record that, that can he can go out there and he's more, that much more likely to kind of win you that game. Which is crazy to think because Ross Stripling has been so good. Yeah, in a two out of three series, it's like, I think you're, you're right. You probably have to pitch everyone <laughs> if you have to. If you got to use every single one of them, if you got to bring in stripling game one to get you six important outs, you might have to do that. And and I think that that first series, that wild card series is going to be pretty crazy because we're going to see that that's where you start seeing a lot of matchups. That's where, you, like you said, you, if, if, if Jose Barrios doesn't have it early, you start seeing it. Boom, you got to pull, you got to pull the trigger quick because you don't want to be left behind. You don't want to be fall behind too early. And then in the end, that's it. You know, you, you ran out of outs. So it'll be interesting. Uh, to, I, 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 for some reason, thought of the wild card series was best three out of five. But I, I just it came, came to my mind. I was like, wait a minute. This is two out of three. If it's two out of three, then I'm sure they're going to use those four starters for sure in, in, in a three-game series. The Mariners being included in, this, in the playoffs this year adds a really interesting wrinkle because the wild card series is only played in one stadium. It, it's it's if all three games would be whoever is the higher seed, but then when you go to the the, the division series, it's two two one. Now the Seattle, that's like as much travel as you can do, right? From a lot of the places that the other teams, like at Tampa Bay to Seattle, that's a long flight, right? That's a long way to go. So there's that element to it. And if you're the if you're the Blue Jays and say you go and you you host Seattle, for example. Or you host Tampa, and then you're having to travel to face. So the the wild card game winner faces the number one seed, which would be the Astros. So the Astros face the winner of the wild card game, and then the Yankees will face the winner of the of the division, like the Cleveland team winner. Gotcha, gotcha. And then it's a game five. It's a set, and then that's a five game series. And then ALCS is is obviously seven and seven and then home field in the world series goes to the dodgers which if provided the dodgers get to the world series which they're going to do that man i i said i have a group group chat with some friends guys you know we all covered and talked about baseball a lot and it's you know life has taken us in different directions so they don't watch it quite as close as they used to and the other day i'm like how many games do you think the dodgers have won already this season i was like i don't know 90 something maybe 90 but he's like the fact that you ask makes me think it's a high number it was 103 games that they had won as of three days ago or something like that, which is the Blue Jays have never even won 100 games. Half the teams in baseball have not ever won 103 games, and the Dodgers still have another like 14 to go. Absolutely, truly insane. It would be interesting to see if they can beat the Cardinals. They've never been able to do that in the playoffs. They have ne- never been able to do that, and the Cardinals are dangerous, man. They're like that sneaky team that nobody's really talking about them and then they just come in and smack you in the in the mouth they're gonna be here this weekend so i'm hoping pujols hits either 699 today i don't know it's a day game so i doubt he plays or 699 tomorrow because i want to be there saturday for him to hit 700 that'd be dope it's not confirmed yet but it looks like i'm gonna be going to the game and i'm i'm pumped about that that'll be fun 
but it'll be interesting to see how they line up with that potential. Like maybe maybe we could be facing in the playoffs in like two weeks. So maybe if you're one of those teams, you're kind of hiding some things behind the curtain, playing those cards <laughs> close to the vest. Um, <laughs> let me ask you one other question then. So we've talked about Jose Barrios. We've talked about Ross Stripling. If you're starting to think about, about postseason stuff, two names I'm going to ask you. Do these guys find their way into your mix? Number one is you say Kikuchi. Do you think there's a spot for him on the playoff roster? Right now, probably not. Just because I feel like, okay, the game gets out of hand. You need a mop-up guy. Sure, you can you can do that during the regular season. But you can't have a guy that's kind of struggled all season just go out there and, and if it goes bad for him, just continue to take the heat that he's taken all year. Like it's just, it hasn't gone well for him. As much as I want to say yes because of stuff-wise, and I feel like we've talked about his stuff so, <laughs> so much on this show, it's just, to me, has he earned that spot? Probably not. Not right now. I think that given the nature of the playoff series, now maybe, maybe if you, if you get right into it and get nerdy and granular and, and think, okay, if I'm facing Tampa... I know that I feel like Yusei Kikuchi is a good matchup in this situation for my 25th or 26th roster spot. I can foresee us putting him into a game that matters in this situation. But I think that it's, it's a luxury that you can't afford to have a guy being like, maybe we can use him for mop-up because they have not given him the opportunity to pitch in anything resembling a close game even still. Um, you know, he's, he's been able to be okay you know, he pitched, what was that? I guess it was a week ago, almost now, last Friday, I know he pitched. But, like, gave up a couple runs. He's still prone to the long ball. He's still finding that weather, the balance between throwing it to the backstop and grooving it down the middle of the plate with his fastball. But I think I agree. I don't think that you can – I think he's a luxury you can't afford given a, with, with a short roster. It'd be nice. If suddenly he – if they start rolling him out and for the next two weeks he's just – is Japanese Andrew Miller, like we've joked about before? Well, yeah, that, that makes your decision that much easier. But I don't think you can afford to do it. But let me ask you that one more, more one follow-up to that. With that in mind, maybe do you need somebody to grab you a bunch of bulk innings? Maybe do you need somebody to, to be not necessarily a mop-up guy? But do you think there's room for a guy like Mitch White on the postseason roster? Ooh, maybe. That's tough, man. No. No, I don't think so. I think you got to take the best guys. Give me the best, what is it? You take 14 guys? 13, 14? Pitchers, yeah, I think so. Starters. 13 and 13, right? 13 and 13. I mean, you got to take the the, the best 13. You got to take the best 13. And I don't know know if Kikuchi or Mitch White fall under that right now. Look, Mitch White isn't even on the big league roster right now. Exactly. Right? Mitch White Mitch White's pitching in Buffalo. And I think the the the, the Kikuchi thing factors in when you rec- when you think reflect on the fact the Blue Jays sent down Julian Merriweather the other night after he had a rough go in the eighteen to eleven uh, blowout and in his he was issued some mop up duty work and just wasn't able to to pull it off. The Blue Jays eventually put even more distance between them and the Phillies in that enormous in that crazy game on uh, Tuesday night. But with Merriweather going down, they brought up, uh, what's his name, Forrest Griffin, who has, is notable to me in that he throws with his left hand. That's pretty much the beginning and the end of it, in that that's auditioning. In a way, you're auditioning for, for Kikuchi's job because you need, if you, if you want, now Forrest Griffin is, a, is, a, is an MMA guy. 
Also, <laughs> I, I, I knew I recognized that name. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I knew I kind of... Foster Griffin. Foster Griffin. <laughs> I was pretty like, didn't, close, Griffin, didn't, didn't he beat somebody up on the Ultimate Fighter, like, like on, the, on the show? Anyway, Foster Griffin. Foster Griffin is, is definitely feels like auditioning for that left-handed uh, guy, you know, last guy in the bullpen's spot. I don't think you can afford to take either of them. Yeah. Let me throw a name out at you, Nate Pearson. <sighs> they better, the, the thing is, they need to hurry and make that decision in that because he's still in, in AAA. And whose spot is he going to take on the roster? So is it, okay, we are, we are determined to see if we can bring a second lefty with us, um, a guy who's you know, not pitched at all, in the big leagues for the Blue Jays, not this year. A guy who came over, or did he pitch the other day? I don't remember. But I would love to see Nate Pearson there. And Nate Pearson is doing what Nate, what Nate Pearson always does. He's throwing absolute BBs past people in the minor leagues and looking like a million bucks and throwing everything for strikes. But you can't count on him. You absolutely cannot count on Nate Pearson. And it's not a slight Everything you get from Nate Pearson is, has got to feel like a bonus. I would love it. That's he, it's, it, it, it ticks every box, right? And watching his highlights yesterday a little bit, obviously, yes, 99. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's throwing 99. But when I see some of the strikeouts, it's, some, of those, some of those breaking balls are still up in the zone. That's a whole different ballgame in the big leagues, honestly. It's a whole different ballgame when they either waffle those over the fence or they take them. And you don't get them called for a strike. Or, you know, I read something that he still struggled a little bit with this fastball command. Well, that can't happen in the playoffs. If you're going to bring him up, you got to be clicking on all cylinders. So you're right. I mean, is, is it fair to bring up Nate Pearson and then expect him to be the savior out of the bullpen? Probably not. But if he continues to pitch well, I, I see no reason why they, they, they wouldn't be able to bring him in and see what he can do. But like you said, I, I think I'd rather see him up in the big leagues a few games and watching him do it over the course of some some big league against some big league hitters, rather than, all right, this guy looks ready. Let's add him to the playoff roster, and then next thing you know, we're like, oh shit, like this didn't work out the way we wanted it to, and now his confidence is completely shot. So, you obviously want to see it. It's good that he's healthy, that he's showing he's back to his strengths, but at the same time, you want to see some 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 uh, big league games out of him for sure. I guess that's the question, right? Like he he doesn't. I don't think Pearson has anything really to prove quote unquote at triple a we've seen him make out get out to triple a we've seen him dominate a triple a but in the big leagues it's been a different story health is obviously the, the biggest question mark for him um, if the opportunity presents itself if if that roster move is there to make i think they have to do it again we saw at the at the tail end his last seven outings last year you know when the blue jays were valiantly but kind of ultimately futilely trying to sneak into the back door of the playoffs came right down to the last day of the year they were counting on nate pearson they had him going every other day it was really like a lot of regular work but you have to see what you can get out of there because it just could be a huge weapon even if you want to use nate pearson as your as your as the mop-up guy that we've talked about if you give him a mop-up outing in one game and then the next thing you know you come back and you win the next one and he gets to pitch again the stuff plays the stuff plays if the command is anything close to to passable and so I, I, I really hope that they do take a shot and get him in there. And now, again, if that means that, you know, that probably means that somebody's going to be missing out. And if it's Julian Merriweather, you know, that's, it is what it is. You don't want to expect anything from Nate Pearson, but boy, is it ever fun to dream on it. 
it is really, really fun to dream on all that, on that Nate Pearson stuff. It's crazy how, like, how crazy everyone gets on social media over, like, seeing him go out there and, and, and have a few strikeouts. And it's like, they're, they're calling for his name right away. Like, he needs to be in the big leagues. And they're like, well, let's pump the brakes. Let's make sure he's fully healthy. Let's make sure he's, he's feeling good. And I hope he's hopefully the next call. If if something goes bad in that bullpen and he's the guy that, okay, you know what, Nate, you, you've proven to us that, that you're healthy, that you're ready to roll, let's go. But if he's still showing signs of one, not throwing strikes and, and struggling with that sense, then you really can't, like you said, you can't count on him. But if he's clicking on all cylinders and he can help the big league bullpen right now, shoot, let's do it. I'm all in. The Blue Jays are facing a couple of tough, uh, tough uh, roster choices, I think, as well, because the other side of this is Nate Pearson is on the 40 man is on the 60 day uh, injured list, which means if he's going to come in and pitch in the big leagues, he needs to cut onto the 40 man on top of the 26 uh, player roster. So somebody's got to come off the 40 man roster. You know, there are a couple candidates, I guess, sort of down at the bottom of it. Well, I, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. If it's a Casey Lawrence, you know, a guy who's kind of been around and you've the, he's obviously got a lot of value. Matt Gage is a guy who seems like he might have been just kind of passed by. His name has not come back up, you know, despite pitching decently well. Thomas Hatch, whatever, Hagen Danner. There's a bunch of different guys that could be, you know, potentially on and off the 40-man roster. But then the 25-man roster, what are you going to do? Who are you going to take off, right? Are you, are, are, is this a, you know, is that is it Kikuchi, right? Are you sending Kikuchi down? Is, is Kikuchi going to get a mysterious ailment or something like that? Again, we've, <laughs> we've seen that, which is, which is unfortunate to see them kind of have to manipulate the rules in that way. Um, maybe cost a guy, and I guess it doesn't cost him any service time if he's on just on the <laughs> list. But yeah, like, he's fine. I guess the other question is, is maybe speaking of luxuries, is is it a luxury for the Blue Jays to carry both Jackie Bradley Jr. and Bradley Zimmer going into the going into the playoffs? I think it's probably going to be, ooh, I think it's probably going to be one, man. I mean, it, it, you know, I think when, when you have uh, Raimel Tapia as kind of the fourth outfielder, like, yeah, it's, I think the guy that's in right now is probably Jackie Bradley. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. And I feel like having Jackie Bradley Jr., you lose something from what you get from Zimmer, which is Jackie Bradley Jr. is a fast guy, but he's not like a freak fast guy like Bradley Zimmer is. Look, they've shown it all year long. They would rather do anything than let Bradley Zimmer dig in and take an, take an at-bat, especially at-bat that means something. They'll go out of their way to avoid that. And I think that really says it all. And I think that, I don't know what anyone would have expected, but Jackie Bradley Jr. is as good an outfielder as I've probably ever seen in my entire life. And he's looked exactly like that in Toronto. He's been the guy who is who is who who does that. He's just... He's such a wonderful outfielder. My God, he's so good, and his arm is so good. And it's not that Zimmer's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but man, do I like watching Jackie Bradley Jr. play the outfield. So selfishly, I'll take Bradley Jr. for his defense. Maybe you lose a little bit in terms of base running, but I think that if you're going ahead with with Whit Merrifield as a, as a bench utility guy, and you've got Kevin Biggio around as that, I think you can use Biggio or Merrifield as your pinch runner, as your designated runner when you need to. You know, Merrifield's a great base runner. And I'll take the, that downgrade. I'll take that downgrade as of like of a guy who you're going to throw in there um, to run the bases. Because, I mean, I, know I, don't, I should 
double check, but like, has Bradley Zimmer even like attempted a steal this year? I guess is kind of where I'm coming from. It's he's not like that Terrence Gore, you know, Dalton Pompey guy who's like put him in and have him run. It's like he's they're like they put him in and they're like go and be faster than the guy who's already out there. I agree with you. I, I think Jackie's the guy, and you mentioned watching him play the outfield. It's pretty freaking awesome, awesome man. Like he's <laughs> talk about a guy who glides to the ball and just makes it look way too easy. There's a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made by a young manager, a young rookie manager in John Schneider. And I'm sure, obviously, with the help of the rest of the staff, but there's a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made. But again, I mean, I, you know, I think first and foremost, they got to take care of, of business this weekend and continue to beat on those rays, man. I mean, I think that we talked about it and obviously the Blue Jays are a better team than the Tampa Bay Rays. And it, it, it for me, it would be sweet if they went in there and just beat them down and continue to beat them down. <laughs> Maybe that's the other question. So thanks. I appreciate you um, like moving the conversation along to kind of more matters at pressing matters at hand. You know, what's going on this weekend? And, <laughs> and they are facing Tampa Bay. I feel like if, if you work for the, for the company that broadcasts the TV games, you're probably being like huge series against the Rays, enormous series. And I mean, if things go truly, truly badly, it could hurt them. Obviously, if there's like a big flip, if they go from being a couple games up to suddenly being a couple games back, um, that's the, the worst possible outcome. But how big are these games, I guess? Like, do, do you think that, that it's, it's that important for them to go in and really take care of business? If they do go in and, and play really well, does that mean anything, given the chance that they could face them in the playoffs in a couple of weeks? 100%. Yes, yes, yes. They have to go in there and approach it like they did last week when they played Tampa, where they came in and then it, they just hit them right in the mouth. And it's like, all right, we won. They won two out of three. And, and then they went on and won the, the fourth game. So, yes, I, I think it's very important. I think they should just treat it as, hey, we're still, this still ain't over. This is, this is still our playoffs. We still got to go in there and win because, God forbid, something bad happens. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, my God, something catastrophic happens. And we've seen it happen in the game of baseball. We've seen it happen where it's like, oh, no, what happened here? You don't want that to happen. You don't want to leave any of that doubt you want to go in there beat teams down finish the season strong again i think it's great momentum for the playoffs they're a, a team that's not gonna have a buy like the yankees or the houston astros are gonna have they gotta go in there clicking on the right cylinder so that they're ready to roll to whoever their first opponent is for sure you don't want to go with low expectations but i feel like if you go in and split four game series on the road if you split those four games you walk out you're still up two games on them with six games left in the season that's a pretty good place to be. Uh, if you can win three out of four, that's huge. You would never say go in and sweep a four-game series because that's just not realistic. But if you if you if you go in and you think we're gonna you know let's win tonight, and then if we win on Friday night, all the pressure's on them. The pressure's on them just to escape with with a, with a sweep. But winning winning game one is always a, a great way to start any series, especially a, a game a series like this against a team that's chasing you. My whole thing in this Drew is I want to host the wild card round at home. That should be the end goal for this team. Like, I don't want to go on the road. I do not want to go on the road. I want to see the Toronto Blue Jays play as if, you know, they're playing for home field advantage and, and they got to win these games. So I think it's very, very important that, that that happens because, again, three games at the Rogers Center in the playoffs would be electric, big time home field advantage. And, and I think that would be a great, great thing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Exciting time. An exciting time in, ba- in in baseball. Actually, I, I miss I misspoke. They don't know. They won't have six games remaining. They'll have nine games remaining. I forgot. The season goes all the way to October the fifth this year. All the more reason to play those games at home, like you said. 
not go on the road. You don't want to be outside. The later it gets in the year and you're outside and you're in Cleveland or somewhere like that, absolutely not. No thank you. Get me inside the beautiful concrete environs of the Rogers Center. But <laughs> season is winding down. The Blue Jays remain in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. All they got to do is go out and win games. Win games, you know, hold the, this, this talented and perplexing and difficult Tampa Bay Rays team off. And uh, you'll feel, if you're a Blue Jays fan, like you are in good shape. I feel like we're in good shape, you and me. Well, I mean, you're in good shape, literally. I have fallen off, but we're in good shape. we got more spin rate coming here as we get into the playoffs. As we mentioned off the top, Caitlin is back. Her health, family stuff, hopefully in line so she can come in with the fire. We're glad to have her back. We're, we're glad she's well. And then you and I will keep coming back with more breaking it down i hope the next time we talk the next time we talk will be at the end of the blue jays yankees series which maybe we can talk about aaron judge hitting some kind of record setting home run maybe we won't maybe aaron judge isn't going to do anything against the blue jays he's done plenty against the blue jays this year of course he had a, a, a walk-off home run earlier in the season that turned out to be quite the um omen for the upcoming season but uh aaron judge obviously having a ridiculous season if you're the Blue Jays, are you how wide are you gonna are you gonna take a big wide berth? Are you gonna pitch around Aaron Judge every chance you get in those series? Or are you gonna go right at him? Me personally, no. I had a chance to face Alex Rodriguez when he was going for six six hundred, I believe. He hit it off of Sean Markham, I think, a couple nights after. But I told myself, one, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not a big A Rod fan, <laughs> um, and I told myself I'm gonna attack him. I'm gonna go right at him with my best stuff. Doesn't mean I'm gonna groove him a fastball because I no I don't I have too much pride man I don't want to be that guy that ends up on a highlight or anything like that no hell no it was like I'm gonna attack him and I'm gonna give him my best best stuff tonight and I did and he didn't get me so I think that's the way you approach it you you don't shy away from it and if he gets you he gets you 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 tip your hat off to him and I mean he's had an unbelievable year he's gonna be the MVP had the chance at the triple crown. I mean, all that stuff to me is awesome, man, and, and very disturbingly so. A guy that bet on himself, a guy that took a lot of criticism because he didn't take that damn contract at the beginning of the season, and he said, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and put together one of the best seasons in the history of baseball, no big deal, and I'm going to be fine. So credit to him. He's had an unbelievable year, and it's been fun to watch. But, yeah, no, nah, you, you, go, you go right at him, man. And, again, if he gets you with your best stuff, then that's all that matters. Would you attack Aaron Judge in a similar way to the way that you personally attacked Alex Rodriguez? Do you think that they've, you know, they're both big dudes. Obviously, Judge is that much bigger. Um, would you try to, like, get in under his hands a little bit and then, like, set up the changeup away? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know me too well, man. You know my scouting <laughs> report too well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, used to, I used to cut fastballs hard in, up, at, up and in at A-Rod's hands, and then it would set me up. He couldn't see my curveball well either, so, but I, I used to punish him in and 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 he always he always thought he can get the the head out but he never could off of me and that's probably what you do with aaron judge aaron judge man he's just this has been said and i don't know what you think aaron judge has been absolutely punishing any mistake you know you see the clip and it's like what are you doing like why are you just laying that thing right over the middle but it's like he gets one if he gets one in a night he's not missing it and i think that's that's an to to his eternal credit that's that's how you end up having an amazing year like this is is hit good pitchers' pitches, but then don't miss the ones when 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 it's there for you. It's good for the game too. I mean, it's it's brought an interesting debate, and we have 
people who love Shohei Otani and what he's done. And obviously, we, we, we've spoken about Otani and the incredible year that he's having. And you have Aaron Judge, who's out there going for a triple crown. And it's good for the game. Um, I, I feel like when people like start getting taking it personal and this and that, like, did you see the shirt that CeCe Sabathia wore yesterday? Oh, it's pretty funny, man. Like, because I guess he took some heat for he was saying that Tani's the best player ever and like, he's the yeah, MVP. Yes, yes, yes. So he he uh they did they do that uh that clubhouse live or whatever on uh on MLB Network and he he has a shirt that the front says okay Judge is the MVP and on the back it says but Otani is the best player on the planet. <laughs> I think that that's an entirely fair way to think about it too. Like jokes aside if you listen to this show and you you know me and how I, how what I feel about Shohei Otani and what he's done and what he's been doing for the past two years, I think Aaron Judge is easily and comfortably the MVP. But that doesn't mean that this season is feels almost better than what Otani did last year, which are two of the greatest seasons that I've ever seen in any sport, let alone baseball. Like I, I, I was tweeting about this the other day. If you look at his OPS plus, which if you take his OPS and correct it for the ballpark in the league, over the last two years, it's like 152, which is the same as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then you look at his ERA plus, which is the same thing, but for ERA, it's like 153, which is basically the same as Alec Manoa. So it's Alec Manoa and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the same guy for two full years. That's absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> and 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 but the, which which doesn't take away anything that Judge has done, and it shouldn't take away anything that Shohei has done. Truly, the best player on the planet, as good a player as with in terms of talent and in terms of what he's done in this tiny window. Obviously, to become the best player ever, you got to do it for ten years or whatever. But like, it's as good as anyone's ever played baseball. It's crazy. But that joke, you know, I saw a Yankee fan make a great joke, which was like. You know, we say this like it's like having Alec Manoa and and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the same guy. It's like having Max Scherzer and Pete Alonso be the same guy. They were like having Aaron Judge is like having two thirty home run hitters in your lineup, but it's one guy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's got, it's true. He's got sixty damn home runs. It's so crazy. It's good for the game, man. I mean, I like this debate. I mean, I feel like a few weeks ago we were like, man, like man, Otani can make a run at this, but I feel like Judge just completely took off and he deserves it, man. He's the MVP this season. And he will have well-deserved it exactly when he does, in fact, win. We don't know who's going to win the World Series. We think it might be the Dodgers, but the Blue Jays will have more than their fair chance to have something to say about that. His name is Ricky Romero. My name is Drew Fairservice. We here on SpinRate will keep watching, keep talking about the Blue Jays. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you listen to Ricky on MLB Radio. And we'll be back next week with more Spin Rate.